Science. I am Matt Kirshen. We're indoors. It's a late record. We're in the room of Andy Wood. We're back in the boudoir. That was Ooh. his voice. And across from me is Jesse Case. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Going good, man. How are you? I'm very good. This is the first proper guest one of 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're getting caught up. We've been, we've been back in town. We've been doing our things. Did a little catch up. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. told each other where we went. We've told each other where we went. I, uh... I went with a porn star to get her nose pierced yesterday. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's my new thing. If any other porn stars have any piercings they want to do, <laughs> I'll go with you. I'll watch. And um, then we'll go get a burrito and it'll be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say no to that. <laughs> then we'll go get a burrito and you'll tell me what you do. And then... Uh, <laughs> this is why people should live in the valley. This is why the valley is better than... Yes, this is... Uh... I agree completely. <laughs> Completely. There's that Italian place on Ventura, um, which is just, that's just where the mafia hangs out. And it's like a joke. Like, they're, they look like, it's, like hair plug really? sopranos. What's the place called? Uh, Il, ter- Il Teramisu? Il, but it's not Teramisu. Il, okay. Il Teramisu. <laughs> Try the Teramisu, you'll be violently sick. Yeah. Um, Il Trezino. Oh, like Il's, uh, Il, Trattoria or something. Il something. Yeah. Like a brasserie, something like, like a boulangerie. What are we talking something, about? It starts with a TR. It's Il something, but but I-L, not like you're sick. Il, right. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, yeah, it's just, that's where the mafia is and no one cares. It's awesome. <laughs> and it's not even, you know what? Here's another great reason that the Valley is, here's a reason why it's overlooked. Uh, I just watched this it's movie. It's a valley. It's a, it's a giant valley. I watched a movie Fair called point. Los Angeles Plays Itself, and it's all about locations you see in movies throughout Hollywood history, like L.A. locations you uh-huh. see in movies. And they talk about the history of Hollywood, and it's weird that Hollywood has become the term for the movie industry when there's almost nothing that's done in the neighborhood of Hollywood anymore, right. production-wise. In fact, there's so much more that happens in Burbank well, my sister or is, in Culver City. or My yeah. sister's visiting right now, and she's doing the touristy things. And she had the same thing that everyone has when they visit L.A., which is they, <laughs> they, she went down to Hollywood, yeah. to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, where all the stars are in the Man's Chinese Theater with the handprints and everything, and came away going, it's a shithole. Yeah. 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 Like, it it yep. is a shithole. Yep, that's exactly what it is. I know we have a guest to introduce. We do that's have a guest to introduce. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to talk about me. Um, <laughs> my uh, mom did the same thing. And do you ever have it when someone visits and they think everyone's a celebrity? They assume nah. celebrities are everywhere. So, like, I swear <laughs> I just saw Bill Pullman at the Walgreens or something like that. So she's doing that, like, every day. You know, but like, if you do go down to the middle of Hollywood, then you do have a lot of celebrities. Sure. But she's like, she's like I, I swear to God, Daniel Stern. You know, I just saw Daniel Stern picking through some trash or something. And, uh, you know, and I'm finally like, eh, fuck it. She's just people that look similar, and my mom's just a crazy person. Uh, And then her and I are walking, and she goes, oh, my God, Christy Alley just almost ran me over. And we look up, and Christy Alley almost ran my mom over. (laughs) Clearly her. uh, Just just clearly almost hit hit my mom in a crosswalk. (laughs) Huh? Wasn't it Kirsty Alley? I was going to let it go. Kirsty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Right. I'm just making sure because I'm so bad on celebrity people. Firstly, is it I might have been wrong, and secondly, there might be like two different people. It's, it's, it's Kirsty. Do you mean okay. the one who was in Cheers? I don't know. Kirsty Alley, the one that she's yes. she's yeah, yeah. she's a fat actress. Yeah, big yeah. fat actress. Yep. Before we introduce our guest, one question: How the fuck is it, Rafe Fines? I don't. Uh, can, Matt, what? How? How does this? Because his name is spelled the way you pronounce Rafe. It's. Uh, 
Am I am I wrong? The spelling is R A L P H. Yeah, Rafe. Okay, just making sure. You don't want to know uh, how they spell rape in that family. <laughs> Close. Mm. That is the voice of of uh, host of the dollop, Gareth Reynolds. Coming in with a rape joke, pretty coming strong. In <laughs> coming in strong. <laughs> strong with a rape joke. You should call him out. Um, Gareth, welcome to the show. Thank you, you for having a long me. Time. Thank you. The Dollop, co-host of that with yep. Dave Anthony. Very, very funny podcast. Thank you. I highly recommend you check it out. I and will. Fa- I'll check it out when I get it. <laughs> yeah. In fact, yeah, you gotta I can't wait out. to hear it. I would, I would tell any <laughs> listeners of ours who are waiting for a new episode of Probably History, which is a thing we do once every 30 or so episodes, you're mm-hmm. better off actually abandoning that, that hope and going to listen to The Dollop because they do a better version of what Probably History is. Do they? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you? That's my baby. I'm just. We'll still do this it. It's awkward I'm saying, for me. Obviously, I'm saying it's a great podcast. Uh, the no, pre- I'm the happy premise for you. I, I, <laughs> it doesn't every, feel like you are. Every I am. <laughs> I am. What are you talking about? Every episode, Dave Anthony picks a, a, a an, an historical topic, uh-huh. and which he has researched exhaustively ahead of time, and he springs it on Gareth, who, who is not aware of what the topic is going to be sure. before the episode starts. And uh, the live one I saw at the LA Podcast Festival this past fall was about the assassination of President Garfield, and it was bonkers. Wow. I had no idea. They brought in every just famous person to look at this wound, because the wound was festering for a while. He didn't die right away. No, he died of like a horrible festering wound. Didn't they bring in like... Thomas Edison to look at the. It didn't matter if you were a medical expert. Yeah. Does anybody? He, no, he went it? out like the worst way possible of like four months of being like, I'm dying, right? People being like, that's a huge hole. It just keeps getting bigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a great podcast, though. I highly recommend it. I got to check that out. Check it that out. That does sound better. So then listen to the Rube. The Rube episode is my favorite. Yeah, but I would advise listen to a couple of others first just to get used to the characters. Yeah, yeah, get wet your palate to... a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. And if any of you guys want to come see us do stand-up, that's Jesse Case, obviously Andy Wood and Matt Kirsch, and I would recommend instead, go see go see <laughs> Dimitri Martin and uh, <laughs> go see... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, hold on, let me think of a British guy. Um, go see some British guy. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know... <laughs> and a third comedian. And a third comedian. <laughs> Garrett. By the way, I introduced Andy Kindler using... Uh, is this bad form or is this a good introduction? Andy Kindler was on the show I was hosting and I said, you may know this next comic from Everybody Loves Raymond, The Late Show with David Letterman, or a third show, Andy Kindler. Mm-hmm. Is that... Am I, is it, am I stealing his joke or am I honoring his joke? I don't know. Does anybody I mean, even know what I'm referring is, to? I know what you're referring to, referring but to how... I mean, yeah. you know... You mean like just by basically deconstructing before you ring on the guy who deconstructs? I'm, I'm I'm adopting a, a format that he uses in the introduction to him, which could is either yeah, it's either an homage or a theft of his joke to bring him on stage. How, I don't know how how angry did he look when he walked up? Oh, uh, he, he did. He acknowledged how I stole his joke once he got on stage. But I was like, wait, baby, that's just like a loving little jab. But uh, hmm. all right. Well, yeah, sounds like you guys are on the outs for sure. That's definitely, yeah. yeah. Doesn't sound like an homage right now. No, no, no. Yeah. Less homagey right now. More, more th- whoa. More steely. Yeah. More steely Dan. Speaking whoa. of steely Dan. Speaking of. Guys, what a guy. What a guy. That guy's awesome. He's awesome. What a catalog. I he love has. that guy. And also, I've been told that the way to quit smoking is to quit. Oh, we've had a couple listeners. You've had a few people. <laughs> we've, uh, so, so last week, uh, <laughs> Gareth, I asked for the listeners' advice on quitting smoking. All of it great. Yeah. Except a few people got a little weird with me. Sure. Um, like their dog was clearly just killed by a cigarette. Okay. And they took, they took, oh, it, so they really, they took they, it out on me. They were upset at you. That's fair. <laughs> they were a little upset. <laughs> but I appreciate all the advice, you guys. And, um, and it, really, it, uh, it really helps. I'm definitely going to do that ball gag thing. I don't know who thought of that. It's a great idea. Yeah. Can't get a cigarette on a ball gag. No. No. no it sounds great. Uh, you need to clip the nose as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. otherwise, that's another point of entry. Yeah. You got to stop every point of entry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you can. N- you no need nostril smoke. gags. No and smoking. I don't know whether you've ever butt chugged a cigarette, but I haven't. Might be time. Well, I, just to be safe, we should probably take care of that area. Yeah. <laughs> You know. I haven't butt chugged a cigarette. There is a photo of me that looks like I'm about to. It's like a fun photo. I have pants on. Okay. Doesn't sound that fun. No, yeah. Fun photo, you know? Just a fun time. Yeah. Gareth, we always ask our guests before we get into the stories, um, what, if anything, is your background in science? And oh, it doesn't God. have uh, to be anything in particular. Could it have been just a course you enjoyed at school or college? I remember or one like- time in biology in seventh grade, we were making moss. And uh, which is already exciting to begin with. How do you make moss? I don't know. And um, I thought, like the main ingredient for moss is just patience, abandonment. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's just <laughs> waiting. But, no, but making moss—that <laughs> seems like a was your was your teacher like God? It was <laughs> God. Oh, I just put out my teacher was Jesus. <laughs> God yeah, class. yeah, it was a God's co- a thing, God's course. Hard you ass. You just thought you might have led with that. Sorry, should I? Okay, I live in heaven, and um, wow, that's where I took biology. And so we were making moss, and everybody was very uh, intent on it. And my best friend at the time walked in when everybody has been studying moss for two weeks, and he took a bottle of Windex, and he just sprayed it all over the moss, and he goes, let's see what that does to the experiment. And then it was like another month of people being like, why is the moss dying? And I was just like, oh, God, son of a bitch. So that's probably my background in science. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are you and he still friends? Yes, very, awesome. very good friend. I would stay friends with someone that did that. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Hates <Yeah>. moss. <laughs> Hates moss. I mean, to be fair, the scientific method requires exploring all, all avenues, I right? Agree. So, I and mean, that's like, what, we what happens doing. with this? As yeah. long as there's a control group, the Windex group is an experimental <laughs> yeah, no, group. Exactly. And then, what does yeah. moss think of Windex? Yeah, doesn't yeah. respond properly. Know. Well, no. and Windex only cleans the south side of windows. So, you would think that they'd be like opposite. Uh, okay. yeah. That's mm. true. Yeah. Yeah. The glass that the moss was in was spotless. <laughs> I remember I had a, I had a uh, class, like a science class, and some kid brought in his tarantula and it got out. What? Like, he brought in a tarantula and it got out. And um, You have one rule if you bring a tarantula to school. <laughs> I know, there is one. Keep it in. Keep it in. Yeah. Keep it in the box. Yeah. Keep the tarantula That's it. in the box. It's a one-part plan. As the scripture says, yeah. keep the tarantula yeah. in the box. No, I know, I know. I, um... No, it was a, it was a kid. Um, I don't. I, a lot of people actually have heard of him. I don't know why, but um, no, it was this kid named Buzz McAllister. Okay, and um, he was an astronaut. He and I. Uh, <laughs> it was a, now bro- he had a brother, right? Brother, yeah, brother yeah. Kevin McAllister. Kevin, I remember Kevin. And he brought in his tarantula. And let me tell you, his girlfriend though, woof. <laughs> yeah, um, no, that's the thing with Buzz. <laughs> he stayed thing, in his league. Yeah, Buzz has to. <laughs> uh, totally. Oh, Buzz's girlfriend. Uh, woof. Yeah. Um. So. This tarantula gets out, and uh, my teacher, Mrs. Spears, uh, just fucking stomps on the thing. What? No! And um, There's one rule if you're teaching and a tarantula's out. I know. One rule. What is that rule again? Just keep it in the box. Okay. Keep it in the box. <laughs> Don't so, kill it. So, oh, that's it. And it screamed. You can hear it scream. Oh, what the yeah. fuck? Oh. Yeah. How old? Uh, I was in 10th grade. Wow. So that's, hang on, that's like 15 years old? Uh, 15, 16 yeah. yeah Do you still hear it? Does it still torture you, Clarice? Do you hear the, do you hear the tarantulas, Clarice? I carried that tarantula as far as I could How many times did you just wake up in the middle of the night like <sighs> uh, no, I, I remember it was so cold yeah. It was so cold and I had the tarantula But eventually I was I got tired from how smelly my cunt is And I'm going down this road again I can't even remember the name of the guy now The, the cell next door God damn it, what's his name? The what? The guy in the cell next door Multiple mix. Multiple mix. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple mix. <laughs> but, but 
multiple notes. All right, we've already covered okay, it. Yes, I have okay, so many good, thoughts um, on that fucking no. scene. <laughs> <laughs> why it didn't need to exist, why it's awesome. <laughs> I, so many. I think it's awesome because it didn't need to exist. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. I think it was an ad lib. I think if anything, the guy really wanted to get a line in. Keep rolling. I love this guy. <laughs> This guy's nuts. Uh, if I yeah. say this, then Sack has to pay me. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'm not an under five. You know what? Jody's been an egomaniac on set all week. Just keep the line. <laughs> it be one of that those was why where... he was eligible for best actor instead of supporting. It was that line. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. line. Snubbed. I mean, he won, didn't he? Did Who? he win? That was a big controversy, I think, because he had he won for best actor even though he was on screen for like. 12 minutes in that movie. It was actually a controversy, I think. Oh, you're talking about Anthony Hopkins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Hopkins couldn't smell a thing. Yeah. He can't smell recruit. <laughs> no, no, he's... <laughs> so I he cannot... Was- so they, oh, that's it. right. That's mul- yeah. multiple, multiple mix could, multiple yeah, mix yeah, could yeah, smell yeah. it. Right. I'm confusing. I'm confusing what happened in the movie with what our podcast said when we had a Jeff right. Richardson. Right. Our podcast begs, our impressions begs, begs a different. Yes. But I mean the one when I was out of the country. Yes. And had no and devolved into 15 minutes of I could smell you could. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> Didn't so, sign off on that, Matt. <laughs> I got to just re-listen to like <laughs> yeah. To you just got to you just got I, to listen to people stop listening. <laughs> you just got to. It's like watching your stocks fall. <laughs> um, speaking of smelling things, though, yes, guys. Um, sometimes you know, obviously, everyone knows that uh, scientifically, female FBI agents have smellier right. vaginas okay, yeah, okay, when okay. in prison. Sure. Did yeah. you know? Uh, did, 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 did you guys know that you 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 actually fart more on planes? I did know this anecdotally. Okay. Because well, I, I'd never seen hard proof. Okay, but on... have you guys all experienced this? Or is it like I I always... Really? Yes. I always assumed... I haven't read this article yet. I assumed it was a pressure differential thing. I don't want to jump no, ahead. No, hey, that's a great assumption. And I think that that... Uh, you know, I think you nailed it there. <gasps> ah! I... Uh. Damn it. I, I was hoping it wasn't that, so then I wasn't like no, taking, no, the, taking the wind out of your proverbial sails, as it were. No, well, Jacob Rosenberg, uh, his interest with in-flight flatulence began on a long-haul trip to New Zealand. Oh, wow. He looked down at his stomach, and it seemed to have visibly grown since he stepped on the plane. And when he opened his bag and saw his empty bottle of water, this made sense. The bottle had expanded in the low pressure and then crumpled as the plane reached the ground. The gases in his stomach, he realized, must have been doing exactly the same thing. So since then, he says... I've noticed just how much flatulence you have on a flight, which is very much. And while hardly comparable to the effects of outside turbulence, wind inside planes is a common complaint. Wow. (laughs) Listen to that, huh? A little joke there. Well done. Yeah. um, When you talk to people, they have all experienced a bad odor at some time, says Rosenberg, and he's a clinical professor at the University of Copenhagen. Uh, But it was only once he was back on the ground and having a few drinks with his colleagues... Uh, obviously, that he began to think, seri- uh, think seriously about the scientific consequences of this. The result was a paper that might just suggest ways to relieve our discomfort on flights. So even on the ground, we all pass a surprising quantity of gas every day. According to one estimate, the average person breaks wind 10 times every 24 hours, expelling about one liter in total. Jesus. The gases are brewed from food that has failed to be absorbed by the gut, and uh, so it's fermented by bacteria, which produce nitrogen, carbon dioxide, and hydrogen, along with more odorous sulfurous compounds. Now I heard once Was it on this show Was it on another show Or was it just in conversation I can't remember If we're repeating ourselves I apologize But someone Said that when Like The person who opens the door To the plane After mm-hmm. a long haul flight Like they send the newbies up there It's like a little Hazing ritual Sure oh Like if, if you're the, the new ground control They send them up And they like They don't know That you what? open that door And you hold your breath And you take a step back Really Because there's been 
like what 12 hours worth of just farting human well, not just farting sweat yeah. just, just human it is, it is disgusting. I mean, it really is disgusting. But yeah. like, you get used to it. Like, over the course of the flight, slow, you don't it's notice like the frog. it. You're, you're, you know, you it's get subtle. used to any smell. Like, yeah. you live on a farm. You don't notice farm smells. Oh, yeah. You right. come from the city and drive to the farm. You're like, holy shit, what is that? Wow. Yeah. That's and amazing. So, they get hit by basically this wall <laughs> of 200 farts. Hey, Greenhead, go open the door. <laughs> exactly. They really suck it in. <laughs> wow. Wall of 200 farts sounds like, like the worst plague yeah. Like the the worst the, the worst thing that like would be in the Bible or a Pink Floyd like, first draft. Yeah, I right. thought it was like just a really <laughs> shitty death metal band. Yeah. Oh no, we're just uh, another fart in that wall. Um. Uh, the, so, if our flatulence on ground level passes uh, mostly unnoticed or at least is politely ignored in day to day life, it becomes something of an unwanted companion in the confines of an air cabin. Its frequency on planes is simple physics. The pressure drops and the air must expand into more space. That one liter of gas now needs to fill a 30% bigger volume, leading to that nasty bloating feeling. This seems to be a regular problem for pilots. More than 60% report feeling regular abdominal bloating, and the other 40% just shit themselves all the time. Ah. You could try to hold it in, of course, but that's not necessarily a wise idea. Besides the discomfort, Rosenberg thinks there could be a slight risk. If you're young and healthy, it's not a problem, but for a frail old person, it may put strain on cardiac function. Um, there's... Oh, it says here, this is a weird little interstitial, but it says NASA was once concerned that astronauts' flatulence would be lethal in the confines of a space flight. And there was actually a 1969 uh, NASA paper that highlighted the risk of a fireball arising from the astronauts' wind held in high concentration in the space cabin. Thankfully, no such accidents have been recorded so far. Um, Wow. Or just like accidents caused by one of them accidentally cracking a window. Yeah. No, absolutely. (laughs) Huge accident. All right! (laughs) The mission! (laughs) So, so there's a space vacuum. I've learned a valuable lesson up here in my space death. (laughs) So, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about all this this aero farting? Uh, As part of his research on the paper, Rosenberg interviewed aeroplane engineers at Copenhagen, uh, and he found that many airlines already use charcoal filters in the air conditioning. Charcoal is highly porous and has been shown to readily absorb a range of odors, so the filters stop the sulfurous fumes from recirculating around the cabin. Airlines also tend to make sure the in-flight food is low in fiber but high in carbs, a balance that is more likely to calm our digestion. It's not clear when or how they came to these decisions, but we can guess that Brussels sprouts and cabbage left the in-flight menu at a fairly early point in aviation history. And then it goes on, of course, to talk about the charcoal underpants we've talked about. about charcoal underpants. Shreddies, you know. We've actually talked a lot about the um, the I guess not thermodynamic the uh, fluid dynamics fluid dynamics of, of farting of farts and how they move. And we have a, a listener, I believe, who is trying to get funding for. Was this a thing we weren't supposed to talk? Yeah, we're not supposed oh, to talk shit. about it. Okay. It's okay. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, no, no it's okay. Yeah, 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 we didn't say too much. We didn't say this. We, uh, I'll stop there. Um, but we may. But no, I've tried to do my own little experiments on airplanes with with uh, how to control. The farts, and I feel like this what? might be Wait, amazing for the don't, person don't, next to you. Like, what did you say? Don't, don't I'm experimenting with farts. <laughs> don't skip over flight. that, Andy. No, no, no. <laughs> Are you controlling your own or my, other people's with your mind? With my mind, with my just mind. got a wand. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, here's my here's my non scientific tested. The <laughs> Release. <laughs> I think this does work. If you if you okay, a leather seat, all bets are off. Cloth seats, though, I feel like if you keep your leg, if you keep your thighs tight together, and okay. aim like try to like align everything so like 
your bee holes like straight into the seat. Like, yes. Okay. Sure. Keeping the you know what you know what anything to sneak out the front so legs are tight together. Right. Right. It makes it hard to fart this way. But like try to go straight into the seat and then don't move for like yes. two minutes. And I feel like it goes into the fabric of uh, the seat instead of into the air. Are these but the seats that worried? can be used as a flotation? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't yeah. you worried, though, about a permanent noise? home? It's inflated by the time you get up. Here's, here's How the, the fuck thing. does it inflate? I guarantee no one will ever hear your fart in a plane. The engines are too loud. Well, we have that listener, though. We had a listener who wrote in and says that his kid, oftentimes when he's playing with his buddies, uh, one joke they like to do is pull down their pants and fart against a wall while yelling amplify. <laughs> So, Which, wait, wait, where did this come from? It's one of our listeners wrote in and I says his, he can't okay. stop his kid from doing that. Counterpoint. <laughs> so, so it's kind of either way on this I, one. And I really wish I was onto that when I was twelve. I would have done that everywhere. Yeah. Amplify. Well, how, how, okay. What, what what techniques do you guys employ when you are sharing a bed with a woman and you have to fart? Uh, the Dutch oven. <laughs> Which Fall is, in love. Get to get to okay. know her. <laughs> um, no, I will. I, generally, I will, I will go to the restroom. But it depends. I mean, how early in are you sharing this bed? I mean, eventually, you're just gonna let that happen. With no, but I mean, even if you let, I, I let it happen. But then I try to, I try to like uh, reduce any movement and keep like a seal, keep the covers. So you're sticking with the seal in the bed. Too. Seal in the, yes. I, I find the I seal, seal is a bad farts idea. wherever I am. I seal farts in. <laughs> no, don't seal. She's, she's, she's gonna get a very negative kiss from a rose. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's gonna be the rookie opening the plane door. Eventually, <laughs> but see, Jesus here's Christ! The, here's the thing: I think like farts will go away on their own into fabric or just like disappear. Like I've successfully, but then held, what is the well, f- gravity? What? The fibers fall. I don't know where it goes, but someone should study that. Is what happens where in they that go? guy's is, job is fluids <laughs> or how how gases permeate into semi-porous, uh, you know, cotton-ish things. Like where are they go. It goes um, somewhere, but I swear. If we I've, have I've any material scientists or maybe fluid yeah. dynamics experts who want to weigh in on this, I know we have science scientist uh, listeners. Uh, send in an email uh, or a letter or whatever. Remember to mark your envelope fart cloth. Fart cloth. Mm-hmm. Fart cloth. Oh, oh, hey, amplify. I- <laughs> amplify. <laughs> it's a great. It's just great. It's, I mean, that's it's a great the game. Great. I wish it's I was onto that with my friends. Watching kids do that, I'd be like, I can't say no. I'm not going to be like, stop. <laughs> yeah. What if kids are doing? Really, you couldn't. If you saw that, it's so I funny. Mean, you'd be you like, could, but I'd be like, I'll no, just, this is great. I'm just yeah. jealous. Yeah, I'm not angry. I, I feel like I might have told this one. I, if I did tell this, I'll just make it quick this time. Uh, I was hungover on a flight back from like Vegas one time, and I had a whole row to myself. Nice. I thought the whole plane was pretty much empty. I couldn't see anybody in the row in front of me. Couldn't see anyone behind me. I'm just laid out across the whole row and in the most misery I've ever been in from a hangover. And then I just, uh, I have on deck one of those horrible you know, vodka mixed, whatever. Just like right. the whole night is going to come out of me. Sure. And, and and I see nobody nearby. I'm just like, fine, I'm just doing this. And I let it go. And uh, like five seconds later, I hear a sound from the seat right in front of me where there's a short gentleman sitting, I guess, who, oh, whose boy. head I didn't see. Oh, I just hear, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> nice. That was all I heard. It was just, <laughs> nice. Oh, God. Like when it well, hit I imagine just... the, the, I mean, and I'm being serious here. This is going to sound weird, but I imagine as a little person, the fart smelling situation yeah. is completely different. I don't think it was actually a little person. Well, but Still, smaller, it's worse. Your yeah, head is lower to the danger zone. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I just listened to your Lobster Boy episode of The Dollar. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. There is, there's a town in Florida where Sideshow and Carney people live where they winter together. Yeah, yeah. That's the craziest thing. I've actually, went, I was in Florida in Tampa and my buddy drove me by a Carney bar. And he was like, Carney is just kick it there. I, I like, want to, oh, Florida. Yeah, Amazing. that's great. Yeah. Florida. That's America's great, penis. <laughs> Full of weird shit. That's great, man. I Thank you. I've, uh, 
you know what I've noticed on planes, and this is probably this, I get like 10 times the amount of erections on planes. Mm. Like, okay, that, that could, could be a pressure, pressure I think it pressure has to be, but it is very, like, it could be a body clock thing as well. Yeah, like being on planes for long distance, that okay. triggers whatever it is that makes you get harder something, in the but I, I mean, no, like. No, that's not, that's, that has to do with sleep cycles, not with, okay, okay, sorry. I don't know. That's all I have. I get boners on flights. <laughs> you but get, like a lot. Really? Like, like a teenager again. Like, I'm in the air, I'm 15. Yeah, but also, like, you're, I mean, everything about being a human being at 30,000 feet should give you a boner. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like if I was on the summit of Everest, I, I would have a boner. <laughs> you're just, Surrounded by strangers, anything can happen. Get a boner. People are farting everywhere. <laughs> you're on a plane. It really turns your crank. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hey, snake's on a plane, huh? You ever say that when you get the boner? You ever... <laughs> you take it out, right? Of course, you take out. it out. I think that is mostly what they give you the little pillow for, though, on planes. Yes. I mean, yeah. Honestly, it's, it's, it's not big enough to actually yeah. make into a head pillow, but yeah. it is exactly yeah. the right size just it's to be kind of lap cushioning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and do you need a boner pillow and a landing form? It's basically a soft furnished equivalent of your high school textbook. Well, actually, the last. The last... I wish it was incorporated into the escape maneuvers, like 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 in, in the in the event of a crash. Uh, line up everyone with a boner. Use them as like <laughs> make sure the children's boners are covered first before <laughs> right. securing your own. They still call it a boner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'll form a peg ladder outside yeah. for you <laughs> to submerge. Wow. Speaking of boners, uh, yeah. Do you guys like narwhals? Oh, I see what you're doing you there. I'm, yeah, I'm, a, a little... I'm a fan of the narwhal. Okay. Sure, sure. It's they're the they're mysterious, though. Mysterious. They're, I mean, nobody I mean, even it's knows. It's the closest animal we have to a unicorn. It's like a sea unicorn. Is this the story that's sent by Eric? Butterfield? You know what a narwhal is? No. It's like a whale, but it has a it has a unicorn horn. It's that whale with the big horn. Oh, I do. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they are in the news lately. A toothed right? whale. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're having a hot year. Yeah, so so yeah, a I'm, lot of buzz. I mean, I do know I do know that first of all, it's called a tusk, but I know that no one knows why it's there. I mean, it's a mystery uh, forever. It's, just, it's uh, interesting you interesting you say that because what it turns out that uh, the biologists knew uh, very little about these horns in the past. Uh, theories of how the animals use the body part differed. Uh, some believe the horns are used uh, as ice picks, while others said the horns picked up noises deep underwater. Sure. Researchers discovered the horn is, in fact, used as a sensory organ. No. Okay. Yes. Whoa. Oh, yes. Unlike most mammal teeth, the horn of a narwhal is not protected by enamel, so seawater enters the horn through, through cementum channels, which are also present in human teeth. The liquid then travels through a network of tubules to the center of the tooth, uh, heading to the tooth heading base of the tusk. I'm not sure what the, that word means. Sentence. Uh, there, the water excites nerve endings in the pulp of the tooth, sending signals to the brain of the animal. This just makes me picture like when you when you have a really like temperature sensitive tooth. Oh, like, yeah. they, just, they just have that all the time on top of their head. Oh. Just, well, that's exactly what it is. It's terrible yeah. life. Temperatures. Yeah. To a narwhal. But I mean, imagine how much pain. So yeah, that makes the horn sensitive to temperatures and the animal can quote taste the concentrations of different chemicals in the water. And biologists believe the males may use the horn to find food as well as females who may be ready to mate uh, the combined evidence suggests multiple tusk functions may have driven the tooth organ systems evolutionary development and, and persistence researchers wrote in the study and this is uh 
from the Harvard School of Dental Medicine. Yeah, but you can't really complete the study unless you capture one, so it's all bullshit. Ah, interesting. You should say that, Joseph, because to complete the study, biologists did, in fact, ca- capture wild larvae. Jesus. And, Don't ask any more questions. They're and, doing everything. <laughs> well, you got to fuck one to know. <laughs> Actually, interesting. They're fucking them. Funny you should mention that. Uh, they brought these elusive animals near shore where they could be studied. They found the narwhal tooth is extremely sensitive to changes in the surrounding environment. Yeah, but not salt levels. Well, actually, Jesse, when salt levels around the animals were changed, it affected the heart rate of the marine animals. What? And that's the first time that someone has discovered sensory function and has the science to show it, said Martin Nuia, again from Harvard School of Dental Medicine. Yeah, if there's no follow-up, I don't buy it. Uh, as part of the follow-up investigation, actually, Nuia plans on asking fishermen around the Arctic for stories and information about the mysterious creatures. I want to be a part of that fact-gathering mission. Yeah. It's like... Just sits in in, in in fisherman bars asking for tall tales about narwhals. Right. <laughs> it was a night story. not unlike this this very one. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, the tape's going. Keep going, sir. Yes. Well, so these these are. I mean, narwhals are of course very cold weather, very Arctic. You know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this one. Well, they are. They're extremely. Co- it's extremely cold weather. You know, and it's 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 lonelier in cold weather. Oh, oh cool. I mean, if you were in Antarctica. <laughs> no one's going to fuck you in Antarctica. This isn't, this isn't a science story. It's science related. Oh. It's a fluff piece. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, what is it? This is a segue. This is a segue. But uh, someone said this in and I was like, this is barely, not only is it barely science, it also doesn't even like list specific no, names of people. It's a nothing story. I almost thought it was one of those empire, what are those fake news sites that aren't even funny? Right. Empire Records. Yeah, we got empire done by news. one of them recently. Like, yeah. Gareth, do you know about these sites that no. are like, they're not even trying to be Onion style funny, they're just trying to get clicks, and then if you, if you read through right. the, like, the fine print, it's like, we are a satirical online newspaper, but it's all plausible, it's like, Justin Bieber killed in car accident, it's, uh, t- it's just trying to like, well, terrible. fake yeah, let's not Let's not read the story then, because it, it has sort of the look of one of those. That's what I was saying. Well, yeah. Here's a good proper science story, there's <laughs> right. new antibiotics. Okay. This is a, this, this is, is quite a big story, right? Yeah. Yes, this is a legitimate problem that's happening at the moment. We're using far too many antibiotics in the world and popping them in cows for yeah. no good reason. Getting immunity, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there hasn't been really and water, right? Yeah, yeah. We're pumping it in water. Are we? It's in the water. Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, what are you talking about? There's a lot of antibiotics and stuff in the water just because of uh, waste, and you know we take too many antibiotics, so it ends up in the uh, in the public water. What, because people Cause throw, pe- throw them in there and flush it? or what? Well, because people will be, you know, getting rid of the waste. And piss so out what they Yeah, they'll need. piss it out or whatever. So Sure. So there's more antibiotics in the water. And other things, condoms, great stuff. <laughs> well, I know there's a lot of things in the water. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm here to bring. It's a veritable cornucopia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first new antibiotic to be discovered in nearly 30 years uh, has been held as a paradigm shift by marketing people related to the study. Oh, that's good that it's the marketing people who are excited. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Teixobactin has been found to treat many common bacterial infections such as tuberculosis, septicemia, and C. diff, and could be available within five years. But more importantly, it could pave the way for a new generation of antibiotics because of the way it was discovered. Scientists have always believed that the soil was teeming with new and potent antibiotics because bacteria had developed novel ways to fight off other microbes. This is a story, by the way, sent in. I've lost who sent it in. It was one of our regular senders. Uh, Morgan Perrine. Hi, Morgan. Hi, Morgan. There he is. one of our regulars. There we go. Thank you, Morgan. Um, But 99% of microbes will not grow in lab conditions, leaving researchers frustrated they couldn't get to the life-saving natural drugs. 
Mm. But a team from Northeastern University in Boston have discovered a new way of using an electronic chip to grow the microbes in the soil and then isolate their antibiotic chemical compounds. They discover that one compound, TXOBactin, is highly effective against common bacterial infections, Clostridium difficile, uh, Mycobacterium tuberculosis, and Staphylococcus aureus. So there's the, the biggies. Because there's also antibacterial resistant TB. Right, right. So this is, so it's going to be a broad spectrum antibiotic. It seems to affect quite a few things, yeah. But also, so the good thing is, firstly, new antibiotic that these it's bacteria always good. aren't... Always good to have a new one. Always good that the bacteria aren't resistant to. And secondly, they've, through this new soil cultivating electronic chip method, they found a new way of generating other bacteria, antibiotics rather. Right. Northeastern of all places too. Yeah. All right. Some of the illest people in the country. Yeah. Very sick. <laughs> so we're gonna need we're gonna need new probiotics now. Obviously right. for yeah, I think uh, to, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is, is on this one. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you guys done have you have you uh, ever had the Activia? I, I don't know that I have. Is it different from regular yogurt? It's got some it's probiotics, right? Yeah. Well so, so all, all yogurt's yogurts? probiotic, yeah. but it has like a some other special weird little germ thing in it. Um, it works, man. It but works. It'll make oh, it real regular. Again, it's right. just, so that's it's touted as as a laxative. Essentially, I thought it was just supposed to be some abstract gut health that it promotes. But well, it does. But, but it's it's uh, it has. I f- I forget the. Uh, it's like called like Bacterium regularis or something. Is even what they named the bacteria uh-huh, that's in it. it. But hang on, did did the scientists who discovered it randomly name it that, or did the scientists who work for Yoplait name yeah. it that? No, no, I know what you're saying. Um, I I don't think it would be. Randomly, dude, I don't know. I don't it know. fucking works, it's man. Like, like the chemicals that are in shampoo that somehow like get yes. get synthesized and right, somehow right. get called like shiny arthritis or something. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. I I know exactly what you're saying. What I'm saying is I've done the Activia two week challenge. You've done the two week challenge. Two weeks, bro. So you Jamie lead it. I Jamie lead it hard. Yeah, it, right. is the challenge to see if you can like not shit for two weeks or something. That would be an amazing challenge for Activia to put forth. <laughs> we make you shit more, don't shit for two weeks. Activia, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it makes it? you more regular. It but makes I mean, you more regular. Yeah. What do they say is going to happen in two weeks? Because if you were constipated, chances are within two weeks' time, you're going to, even if you're constipated, It's not you're about gonna... constipation, man. It's about having shitty shits. Shitty shit. Okay. If you take shitty shits all the time, if you're taking bullshit shits, you want to take a regular non-shitty shit, you fucking go to the grocery store and buy this shit, and then- Tell the cashier your deal, too. Yeah, and then your shit's less shitty, dude. This is funny, because I, I, haven't, I haven't gotten to the point that I'm like worried about how my shits are, but my dad was talking about my nephew- uh, who's just like a tiny, like four or five year old is like, Andy, you wouldn't believe what is in the toilet after. He's like, I was, I was jealous. <laughs> like he's There's another je- kid. Help. <laughs> like my dad is jealous of the shits that my nephew takes. And I'm like, when does that happen? I just want to get to that age. And being, yeah. And being like quality. <laughs> Shit envy of a five year old. Yeah. So the first antibiotic. Okay. Penicillin yes. was discovered by Alexander <laughs> Fleming. Of course. That's not quite true. I mean, this is articles in the Daily Telegraph, so that's gone with a very Brit centric, but. Fleming wasn't the only one in the team. Uh, but in 1928, and more than 100 compounds have been found since, but no new class of antibiotics have been found since 1987. The lack of new drugs comp- coupled with over-prescribing has led to bacteria becoming increasingly resistant to modern medicines. Dame Sally Davis, the government's chief medical officer, says antibiotic resistance was as big a risk, of, uh, as, big a risk as terrorism. 
and warned that Britain faced returning to a 19th century world where the smallest infection or operation could kill. I'd say it's a much bigger risk than terrorism. Yeah. I'd yeah. say that's yeah. an understatement. It's like a species-ending risk. Yeah, yeah, I'd say, like... But not just that. Like, even in the current, like, in the mid... Near to mid-future, like, like our time and a few years from now, like, in general, I think... Like, I think I am far more likely, personally, to be killed by getting some kind of staph infection or oh, MRSA yeah. or something that is antibiotic resistant than I am to be in a terrorist attack. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, She's trying to make Americans understand the gravity of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, terror- oh, shit, we gotta kill them! And unlike terrorism, there's no Batman to fight it. Wait, <laughs> we gotta fight this disease there so we don't have to fight it here. Find the queen! <laughs> I know how we get everyone behind that. Behind this. Sees. You just gotta start <laughs> the telling queen and cut her head off. <laughs> you just gotta start telling everyone that, that these uh, these microorganisms hate freedom, right? Yeah, and that's how you get everybody on yeah. board. They do hate and freedom. If, they, if you kill the original bacteria, then everyone turns back to being alive. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely, so absolutely. We need, to, we need to find like we need to go right to. Uh, Tuberculosis's castle. But we're of course talking about infections. Before you get to that, real quick, I just found out something that interested me. Uh, as we were talking about bullshit names for drugs that marketing companies come up with, I was going to give an example of taurine, which I assumed was the name that Red Bull gave to it. But I googled it, and it turns out taurine has been called that since it was uh, isolated from ox bile back in 1827. So, uh, so is Red Bull called that because of taurine? Probably, yeah. Who yeah. yeah. saw that coming? Wow. Um, mm. It does say. Uh, the sci- scientists believe that bacteria will not become resistant to uh, Tixobactin for at least 30 years because of its multiple methods of attack. Testing on mice has already shown that the antibiotic works well at clearing infections without side effects, so the team is now concentrating on upscaling production so it can be tested on humans. How great must it be to be one of the mice that gets a good end of the stick? Because the mice are just oh, yeah. so ready to be like, I have an ear on my back now. <laughs> I don't know, for a mouse to actually be like, I feel actually pretty fucking good. I'm ready. I feel good. My friend next door has an ear on his back. I got the Coke. Like, I'm the Coke mouse. I'm, like, happy. (laughs) Yeah. Surely they just get cancer. You know, like, we're going to find out that lab rats just... All of them just... Just any rat will get cancer after, like, a year. What do you mean? They're not Well, like, that's always the thing is, like... uh, Cancer. uh, Like... Oh, sweet and low causes cancer because it's all we gave to this fucking rat for six months. <laughs> so wait, and it's, serious, <laughs> rats just get cancer. That'd be amazing. Drink all the tab you want. <laughs> right. Rats are just pussies. Yeah, rats just get cancer. <laughs> They're just cancer prone. No one did a control yeah. group. No one did. No one ever a year. Every mouse or rat ah, gets cancer on its they own. They just get cancer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just get cancer. You know one thing that happens if a rat. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're probably if you're uh, laying there and a rat would, crawls over your foot or something like that, you know? What would happen? Probably feel a little tickle. Okay. Feel a little tickle. Mm-hmm. You might, yeah. You guys know. <laughs> Wait a minute. That uh, <laughs> you cannot tickle yourself. I did know I that. I think I've heard uh, that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously we all know that it sucks to tickle yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it makes you very sad and lonely. It's lonely. And, um, sad and lonely. Sad and lonely. But the reason why tells us surprising things about the brain and consciousness. Um, if you want to probe some of the great mysteries of the human mind, all you need is a duster in your feet. You sit back and take your shoes and socks off and gently stroke its feathers against your soul. Mm. Now ask a friend, parent, or child to do the same for you. After you're done jizzing everywhere, if you're like most people, (laughs) you'll be left stony-faced by one, but convulsed in a pleasurable agony by the other. How come? 
Once the domain it's of not a play- by the way, I, don't, I, don't know. I know some people do like being tickled. No, I hate it. I, I want it out there right now that if you tickle me, fuck you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not good. good. No. Does I, who likes being tickled? I, some I people know, I know some real, people do like being tickled. It's yeah. weird though, man. It's, it's weird. It's a weird form of laugh torture. It yeah. is. And I've, you, we had an expert on spider monkeys on recently who told us that a lot of videos that are getting a ton of views of like people tickling. Like a slow loris was one of them, yeah, which is God. a really cute. Yeah. Uh, and it's like this adorable video where someone's just tickling a slow loris's tummy, and the slow loris is making all these kind of chuckling, purring noises. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that. Re- that's the reaction it gives when it thinks it's gonna die. Like it's 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 in hell right there. It like, looks that's adorable. adorable. Look at the little thing is tickled, and its arms are just straight out, and it's just like looking straight at the camera. But it's wow. like, its actual emotion in that state is like <sighs> everything's terror. ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're actually watching the torture of a tiny animal. <laughs> right. We're like, he loves it. Slow. <laughs> Let your daughter tickle him. <laughs> well, the the question of why we can't tickle ourselves—it's exciting neuroscientists, guys. It leads to these bigger questions. Uh, there. This is uh, George Van Dorn at Monash University, uh, Monash University in Australia. Um, they're they're going to some often extreme lengths to overcome the brain's barriers and to get people to tickle themselves in the lab. To understand their interest, consider this: every time your body moves, it creates potentially confusing sensations that could lead you astray in all kinds of ways. Just imagine the chaos if you assumed that someone was fondling or attacking you every time one of your hands brushed your leg. Being able to differentiate between your movements and the actions of other people is therefore a central part of our sense of self and agency. Yeah. Aspects of the psyche that, can't, um, that even the most sophisticated robots can't replicate. And examining these kinds of traits, you want to find an example that's easily replicated in the lab. Wait, can I pause real quick? Yes. Is this article just all leading up to why the stranger works? Um, I think so. I think this all has to do with <laughs> masturbation. Why the uh, sit oh. on your hand? Okay. I.e., which leads me to the stranger theorem. <laughs> Although, according to this article, even regular masturbation probably shouldn't work. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. true. Um, Don't tell my penis. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, I got 10 minutes on that. I got, I got a 10-minute chunk <laughs> on why we shouldn't be able to masturbate. <laughs> Uh, Tickling is a nice example because the contrast between ticklish sensations produced by others and the inability to tickle oneself is so clear. That's Jennifer Wint at the Johannes Gutenberg University of Mainz in Germany. Um, So Sarah Jane Blakemore at University College London was one of the first to investigate the way the brain makes these lightning fast decisions about the self and others. She scanned subjects brains as her colleagues tickled the palms of their hands and when they attempted to do so themselves from the resulting brain activity. She concluded that whenever we move our limbs, the brain's cerebellum produces precise predictions of the body's movements and then sends a second shadow signal that damps down activity in the somatosensory cortex where tactile feelings are processed. The result is that when we tickle ourselves, we don't feel the sensations with the same intensity as if they had come from someone else. And so we remain calm rather than writhing with the familiar mix of discomfort and pleasure that comes when someone tickles us and we come everywhere. If that was true, is that, is that, again, I think I'm just reading here. Okay. So I don't know why you guys are all over me here. Um, if that was true, she suspected that there could be ways to fool the process and allow people to tickle themselves. Now, here's the shit that I think is awesome. So she designed a machine that allowed her subjects to move a stick that gently stroked a piece of foam over their palm, sometimes instantaneous, um, instantaneously at others with a delay of up to 200 milliseconds. It turned out the greater the delay, the more ticklish the foam felt perhaps because the cerebellum's predictions no longer matched what the person was actually feeling. So this is, this is very similar to that thing we did about um, the ghost sensation. I was just thinking of that, yeah. Like, of, being able to, like feeling like someone behind you. But you're still controlling it, but yeah. at a slight delay, it, it, even the slightest of delay will completely fuck you up. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, Blakemore, had, these studies were groundbreaking, um, and many others have tried to find ways to uh, trick the brain into tickling itself, controlling someone's foot movements with magnetic brain sim- stimulation so that their hand tickled their foot against their will seems to do the trick. Um, but it's one of the few experiments to succeed. Van Dorn, for example, tried to give his subjects an out-of-body experience before tickling them. The setup is relatively simple. The participant is fitted with video goggles that allow them to see from the eyes of the experimenter who is sitting in front of them. I love, by the way, I love, like, any psychology experiment or any experiments like that. Like, the stuff that, out of any branch of experimental science, they get to do the weirdest things to people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and so, also the most tricky things as well. Like they think they're taking a quiz <laughs> on whether they can differentiate um, like one number from another, but actually we're seeing if they're racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although it's very tricky now because you can't lie to them as much as you used to be able to. Yeah, I mean, you used to be able to just do fuck off anything. Yeah, this button will murder a man. So <laughs> right, uh, <laughs> right. That's um, you are in control of a prison, and <laughs> these. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, you'd you'd wear goggles, but they allow them they allow you to see through the eyes of the experimenter who's sitting in front of you. So by synchronizing their movements, they slowly begin to feel like the experimenter's body is their own. In the midst of the illusion, the participants then had to move a lever that would tickle both bodies at the same time. With the subject confused about which body they were inhabiting, Van Doren assumed that they would feel the full force of the tickle, but they were largely unmoved by the experience. No matter if you swap bodies with someone else, you can't tickle yourself with your own movements, says Van Dorn. No one came everywhere. <laughs> if you can't tickle yourself... <laughs> so, uh, this is a long one. Yeah. So, yeah, it gets into, like, lucid dreaming, um, where if you try it out, you still can't do it. But check this out. People with schizophrenia can tickle themselves. Oh, wow. And they think that's associated with things like delusional and alien control of limbs perhaps because of more general problems with identifying the origins of their movements. So attempts to break down that process in healthy people could eventually shed some light in the way it malfunctions during periods of mental illness. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And it's also, it says here, uh, it says Van Dorn, it's also fun in the bedroom. So? Seems very preoccupied with ejaculates. And this guy, yeah, no, I, really... I, th- I mean, I was kind of taken. I'm yeah, surprised that BBC essay. even printed that in their article. Me, t- me too, and it, it seems like you could easily edit out just those because it's always at yeah. the end of a paragraph. Yeah. Well, does it get always... exactly? That's what I noticed. You know what I mean? At the end, it's always like an afterthought. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like very easy to edit that kind of thing out. Yeah, there's always Shock a process of vetting that goes into these things, and someone could have just said, you know, we don't have to have the whole, the whole take out the cum part. Let's just take out the part about why? Why is that even in there? Yeah, yeah. Why are we even calling it jizz in a scientific concept? Yeah, yeah. No. Should, at least yeah. a seminal fluid or something. Yeah. But um, speaking of speaking of seminal fluid, you guys, <laughs> right. uh, oh. listen. Whatever we record in my bedroom, it ends up becoming a different kind of episode. That's I, fine. I can't control what the listeners send in. By the way, yeah. if you want to send in our articles, we can uh, we can receive them. Obviously, what am I? Uh, yeah, we love day. when you guys send in articles for yeah, we us do. to cover. You can email them to us at probablyscience at gmail You can tweet us at probablyscience. There's also the Facebook page. Facebook slash Probably Science and ProbablyScience.com is where we post all of the episodes. You can comment underneath mm-hmm. that. Uh, Surely all you can do is just write in, though. No, the other thing you can do, Jesse, interesting you ask that, yeah. is we have a donation button No, at ProbablyScience.com. You can donate money to help support our show, keep it going. Oh, yes. We love it when you guys do that. It's very, very kind of you. And some people have been kind this week. Whoa. So thank you very much, uh, Jessica Allen who actually goes by Kite. Jessica Kite, we found out that's the same. That's one and the same. One and the same person. She, she also sent a little email that I found very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
turns out material is totally a fucking word. I owe you an apology. Already? I owe you an yes. apology. Material and material are two different things. And uh, what, do, for, for the listeners, edify the listeners. What is material? What is it? Uh, material is is like the. Well, now I'm going to get the fucking definition wrong. It's I thought you had the email up again. in front of you. No, no. But I. It's all, like military. All equipment. the examples were very military because yeah. when I first heard the word. Um, I was, it was on, when I, on my tour, I was just listening to this, uh, when I was going through the South, it was this like 30 hour lecture series on the history of the civil war. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool when I'm driving through these places. Here we go. Here we so go. I found the link that she sent it The to. guy, the lecturer kept saying material and I just thought he was an idiot. Okay. But then he would say material sometimes talking about other stuff. So I got it in my head that those are two different words. So it is material spelt with an E. So M A T E R I E L. Hot tip in this GrammarMonster.com article. Uh, you could, the E. Yeah, but is that like re- an onion thing where it's like not funny? Uh, <laughs> what, what, if, <laughs> what if there were like grammar websites like that? Uh, <laughs> there is. Ori. Yeah. There is like the equivalent of that pronunciation guy thing. There are. Someone's done a whole series of how to pronounce words on YouTube that are just Wrong. bullshit. Uh, <laughs> it's just really. That's it great. really makes me giggle. But. Um, <laughs> It's just it because it's so pure. Yeah. Pareil, yeah, it's so pareil. Um, but materiel with an e. You can remember e equals equipment. The word materiel means the equipment and supplies in military or commercial supply chain management. So a forklift truck, which is equipment used in the supply chain, and a can of petrol, which is one of the supplies, would both be classified as materiel. Um, in other words, material is the things a military force or a business needs to do to do its job. Mm. Jesse was right. Mm. I'm very sorry. Yeah. Uh, yep. Feels good, doesn't it? Feels good. Let me just unzip this puppy. There we go. <laughs> we have rules here. <laughs> oh, God. You're looking right at me. <laughs> yeah, it's you. It's the guest. Oh, the guest God. I, I was your Why cheerleader. Are you punished for this. I don't, you weren't even part <laughs> of this. Lord. I'm sorry. Gareth, I'm really sorry. Listen, uh, it's all right. I'll blow it. But... Jessica Kite sent that information so, yeah. along with a monthly donation she set up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Thank Jessica. Thank you for the monthly donation. That's very kind of you. Thank you for the grammar lesson. Uh, Paul Savage, you sent in a really cool story last week. He's a scientist. Uh, we He. We covered the story he sent in about um, uh, water on comets and asteroids, and he sent in a donation as well. So thank you very much, Paul. Thanks, Paul. That was very kind of you. Uh, Thomas Hatfield, regular listener, donor, and story contributor to the show, has sent in some more money. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks, Thomas. Uh, Sophie Greffros has sent in a specific... I like it when we get these specific amounts of money. Uh, Sophie has donated the molar mass of NMDA. Everyone's favorite synthetic dupe for everyone's favorite glutamate receptor. It certainly is mine. It is absolutely yeah. all of us With right the here. Bullets. Yeah, <laughs> I have a well. I have a whole list of my favorite glutamate receptors. But that's know? right at the top. And yeah. thank you very much for donating that amount of money, Sophie. And thank you as well, Oliver Tigwell, for donating. Oscar. Uh, sorry, Oscar. <laughs> I apologize. Oscar, I apologize both to Oscar and Oliver Tigwell. I didn't do anything. <laughs> hey, Oliver, settle down. It's weird that we know him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's why I accidentally said that. It yeah, it <laughs> gets in there. He's an Aussie, and uh, I'm surprised he didn't mention anything about how awful our attempts at Australian accents Yours are. Yours are pretty week. good. I mean, you're, 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 you're decent you're, at it, Andy. You're pretty, pretty good, eh? You see, it's not like a, Wait, you're talking like, about the surface? Yeah, <laughs> I it's like the zero effect. You just like talking a bit, whatever. Then it's a question. I like your technique on your accent. It's the slow play. Well, it's just this. <laughs> I was, a, I was, side I mouth. was on a surfing yeah. trip, and I met the chillest Aussie surfers. So they just like it's just like really, very little effect. Yeah, that like, I can see. Don't, don't move your face very much. If that's but, bad, yeah. I can't tell because it's too quiet. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, like, <laughs> I'm just yeah, yeah, hanging on every word. You don't know what's going to. No, I don't. Help me, sir. Help me, surf instructor. Trail up in the 
Thank, thank you, you very much, all of those donors. Thank you. Uh, and also, uh, other ways you can help us out, there is the Amazon link on the website if you're buying anything through Amazon, through either the American, uh, British, or Canadian Amazon sites. You can click on our link first. Go to propertyscience.com, click through the link. It costs you no extra money. We get a kickback. We get a commission on that. So yes. thank you so much for that. And also, if you're thirsty, why not enjoy a delicious... Lagunitas, the official beer. I know. I found a I found a six pack in the back of the closet. Oh, so we still have to. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should probably. I thought get we drank it all. We've had we should get people, some more. It's been a while. A lot of our listeners Dude, have bought the beer specifically because of us. We've given Lagunitas <laughs> so much business. Like uh, maybe we should just tell the listener how, well, how this sponsorship worked. Uh, maybe right. I don't. Maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. No, let's not. No. Okay. Nah. All right. No, anyway, let's not. It's a nice beer, and thank you very much sending, for sending that it's in. It's a good beer, and maybe if you don't drink, you want to get a soda, drink yourself a squirt. I like that. <laughs> Just give him the free plug to squirt? Yeah, drink a squirt. Oh, I'm sorry. I see where you're going right now. Let's get us back <laughs> on track. Very before you do. One, oh. one other final plug. Uh, <laughs> ah, one on. last plug before we get into the squirt. Come on, Segway ah, killer. Segway killer Kirshen. Because I think we're going to be on that story for a while. Oh, it's going to be. Gareth's going to like the way, one. you can definitely help us out. And a lot of you guys do that. And we really appreciate it. Is if you're not able to donate, or even if you are, another thing you can do is just tell people. Spread Please. the word. Write nice things about us on on iTunes. Write nice things about us on Stitcher. And talk about us on social media. Tweet. Facebook. Tell your friends in person. Write letters to your grandmother and tell her that she needs to be listening to podcasts. What the hell is a podcast? <laughs> All right. Well, it's like a, it's like a radio on the computer. Okay. <laughs> you know, See? It's, it's, That's how easy it is. Yeah. That's how easy it was. <laughs> Fibber McGee and Molly. You're but, over there helping um, her polish her yeah. 9-11 commemorative coins. You know? <laughs> tell her about the podcast. <laughs> how shiny are they? <laughs> Uh, shiny enough to never forget, Grandma. Uh, uh, <laughs> These are 9-11 uh, commemorative coins. It's, I love that there's a... The, the company is just called, like, U.S. Mint. Yeah. You know when you see those, like... Oh, like a, try to make Mount Rushmore like commemorative coin from usmint.com. <laughs> and it's, like, not related to How the mint. How could it possibly... Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> well, you guys didn't copyright your name. <laughs> do they still do the plates? Remember the plates? And there would always be that warning, like, not all plates go up in value. Some go down. Like, this shouldn't be used as investment. Oh, yeah, After yeah. they plugged it as an investment <laughs> right, for 45 yeah, yeah, seconds. Yeah. So like, by the way, we're full this of shit. Gone with the Wind plate used to be... Yeah, yeah plates had a big heyday. There was a... Yeah, like... No, a lot Early of... 80s, maybe? Plates? Yeah. yeah. I remember... Uh, the plate bubble. When that burst, man, that was a... I went to this... Uh, when I was living in North Carolina, I must have been 10, you know? It was before we moved to Nashville. I went to a wedding reception that was in a trailer. It was in a trailer park. Nice. And um, this guy had a uh, a record player that uh, you know, like a vinyl record player, and he figured out how to how to sort of make it go a slower speed so that it would rotate, and you could see all his Dale Earnhardt commemorative plates. Oh, uh, it was the most trailery trailery thing that's ever happened. Wow! Even even me living amongst it, I was like, "This is bullshit. <laughs> I got to get out of here. This is bullshit." <laughs> It was awesome. I mean, uh, I mean, to be fair, how wow. how jealous of that collection were you when Dale passed, though? Because you know that had to spike. Oh, that would have gone up in value a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, the thing is, that would have been the most, most valuable NASCAR plates in existence. Well, especially because very few exist, because so many Dale fans wind up throwing the plates at their wives. So it's <laughs> it's you know natural. It's a diminishing market naturally. It's like um, <laughs> it's like collecting beer bottles. It's like if you're that type of guy, this won't make it long. <laughs> <laughs> did anybody else have? Did anybody else have idiot college friends who who like tried to keep a beer bottle collection, like just one of every kind of beer they ever drank? Yeah, that, I had a collection for a bit. But that, was, that how what? 
Think about if I kept all my cigarette butts. Right, I know. You know what? What a bummer to stare at that. I had what could be interpreted as a collection for a bit, but it was really just lack of cleaning. Of course. But you were just keeping one of each, or you would just keep all of your empties? No, I was just like, there were just a few. Oh, okay. okay. Of course. I have a pretty sweet, like, spare, uh, small nacho collection on my floor (laughs) that um, I'm working on. Sounds gorgeous. Sometimes when I drink nacho, or when I eat nachos, I like to drink some squirt. Jesse. All right, let's do the Lady Just story. Yes, we have to. We got three well, listeners no. to send it in. No, I love it. We have a ton of people writing in we about it. We have to it. talk yeah. about it. It's we a big deal. Like, this is, uh, it's this a great is... segue. It deserves a great story. It's it couldn't ask for a better one. Um, squirting. It's 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 a long. It's an oft discussed topic. Sure. It's been a mystery for far too long, I think, considering how it, it should be studiable. I think a mystery, I mean, it was mentioned in A Thousand One Arabian Nights. I mean, it goes it back. Really? No. Is that so? no. <laughs> it's an ancient mystery. Alibaba. It is in Revelations, briefly. <laughs> yes. I think Moses parted some, I don't know. Yeah, Mary Magdalene, infamously. <laughs> yeah, sure. The, the, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I, I I don't know if we should go straight into the story or just if we should all give our own background, if any of us have any anecdotal... <laughs> I've never squirted. I don't know how okay, to Okay, okay. Um, what are you talking about? What is this you're talking about? Well, if anybody is, is still in the dark about what we're referring to, we've, what we've is had it? some... What we're is squirting? About female ejaculation we're talking about. Female ejac. We're what talking is it? about... We, well, that's what we don't know. That's what we don't... We, we, but these articles may tell us. But before we get to these articles, I, w- I just want to ask if anybody has a first-hand experience... With with this, with it's this more phenomenon. the fingers. It's like, First like you, don't feel, you don't want okay. the full hand. Okay, um, that they're willing to talk about. I, I mean, feel like you're only asking because you definitely have a story. <laughs> I mean, no, I, who said? I don't know. What I'm just asking. What you? Um, uh, I actually um, have never experienced. I I don't have a story. And also, but bear in mind, I'm a terrible lay, just the worst. <laughs> so that's no one's ejaculating around me. Uh, that's the yeah. The, the rumor in college the, that I don't know who where this came from, but the, someone said yes, one in fifteen women do this. So it became like that became the shorthand for it, like one in fifteen. Or, or did you hear that this person is a one in fifteen? Or I, I'm saying it's only what I've heard. It's secondhand. like you do math on how to tip or something. You're sitting around with. Wow, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who uh, Gareth. Any anything you want to? Uh... Uh, no, not 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 okay. a strong squirting story. Okay, fine. I don't then have we'll a strong squirt story. No, but I mean, I've, I've been I've... with women who have, but I don't have well, a good story. I... <laughs> like it's not like okay. it's all pretty basic, and so it was the most I've ever drowned, <laughs> <laughs> and I've never mopped so much until then. No, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I no, I've never experienced it firsthand um, or or secondhand, which would be a weird way to experience it. I, That's just true. Next also. to someone, Jesus, what are you guys doing? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> um, I, uh, although you know, I've appreciated it as a genre. As a genre, you know, well, I mean, yeah. I have more power to the squirter. Yeah, you have to assume anything you're seeing uh, in that context is. I, I don't know. Oh, I, I guess CGI I, squirt. Sure. Yeah. Andy Serkis with the, the motion cap. Suit. Sure. So, but it, but it is. It's a it's a mystery that's plagued I'm civilizations of man. <laughs> I can't stop squirting. Uh, obviously, since Mesopotamian times, it's plagued. Uh, even ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs have shown the the uh, squirting towards Osiris. Certainly. Um, mm-hmm. So so what's going on? Has there been some sort well, of breakthrough? To, well, according to ifuckinglovescience.com. Oh. Uh, I know, it's such a... But no, it's not a... Whatever. Do they cite themselves? Uh, they Is there a paper do. involved? They do. It's got reported they, on quite a few websites, but I... By the way, I don't, I don't want to... No, no, do the story. Oh, it's New uh, Scientist was the original paper, it says here. Okay, but I'm just... Well, saying, New this, Scientist was the original paper, though. The link that was sent in by both Ben Wren and Paula Schaefer. By the way, Paula, thank you so much for the gift bag, the gift, uh, the care package... We of, do appreciate it. It showed of, up a little wet, which we think is weird, <laughs> yeah. but we... Squirting related? 
Uh, so yes, the, this study concludes that women who squirt during sex are actually peeing. I'm sorry, guys. It is a it is a dark day for those who still believed in squirting. Uh, when aroused, some women may experience squirting or rather noticeable discharge of fluid. Uh, what is exact? What it, what it is exactly and where it comes from has been hotly debated. Female ejaculation or adult bedwetting. Researchers are now saying that squirting is essentially involuntary urination. But it's not to be confused with female ejaculate. Which is technically the small amount of milky white fluid that's expressed when climaxing. It that's says what here. New Scientist says. Uh, squirting, on the other hand, results in a much larger gush of a clear fluid, which comes from the urethra. The ductal urine is conveyed from the bladder. The findings, which combine biochemical analyses with pelvic ultrasounds, were published in, the, published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine on Christmas Eve. And why shouldn't they be? Why shouldn't that's, they be? Yeah, get it out there. <laughs> no, we we can't wait two days. Christmas no, came everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's a little it's a little funnier to release on Boxing Day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this French Thank team, you. Thank you. <laughs> this French team led by Samuel Salama from Hospital Privé de Parley Two or Eel? I don't know what that is. Is it a sequel to Hospital? <laughs> yeah, I don't sequels? know. It's not as good. Uh, not Hospital. Hospital. Hospital Privé de Parley Eel. Hospital. Hello, we have a guest. Uh, they recruited seven healthy women who reported recurrent and massive fluid emission, enough to fill a cup during sexual stimulation to undergo, quote, provoked sexual arousal. The team, co- the team conducted pelvic ultrasound. It says ultrasound, enough to fill a cup here? Enough to fill a cup. They didn't say what size cup. I mean, cups can be any size. Sure. Uh, the team conducted pelvic ultrasound scans after urination and during sexual excitation, just before and after the squirting event. All the women had empty bladders before sexual ex- excitation, However, urine collected just before squirting showed that the bladder was filling up. Sure. Urine sampled after squirting revealed that the bladder had been emptied again, revealing the origin of the squirted fluid. So, I mean, like, even if it is from the bladder, it's still interesting that maybe this is like you're... The pro- that sex is like causing you to produce more... Gentlemen. Then you... What? I have a debunking. Okay. Whoa. Uh, Okay. That was a fast fast debunking. It's not? Uh, Okay. Here is debunking from... Is it creme fraiche? DrSteve.com, who tweets at at weird medicine. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's from uh, girlscantcome.com yeah. or something. It's like a guy's blog. <laughs> <laughs> it's never happened. It is not possible. And anyone who says that women's orgasms or women exist is a liar. And <laughs> and then you walk out of the lecture, and then another scientist goes, I'm a sex expert, and it can. Yeah. And then everyone... Slow clap. <laughs> He's right. He's right. <laughs> everyone applauds. <laughs> Fear everything. Bullshit. <laughs> All right. See, so what do you episode. got? Well acted. Thoroughly deserved Golden Globe for Eddie Redmayne. Certainly. Very, very, very well no acted. Done, no one's done in the acting. Nice bits of the film. Yeah, yeah. There are some nice bits, but there's two fucking stupid scenes. So what do you got here? Uh, okay. So Dr. Steve writes, much has been made of a study on female ejaculation in the media and on Twitter and Reddit lately. The media and the bloggers are rife with headlines saying scientists say female squirting is just ping. Unfortunately, once again, the bloggers and medical media and probably science podcast have got it wrong. That seems mm. weird to put that in. Crazy. It, it does. Uh, he links the original study um, and says this study sl- suffers from a severe case of selection bias. Finding that the fluid emission was urine was the only possible outcome of the study given its structure because they selected only women who already had coital incontinence. Seven women, by the way, seven? Is that what it's they a did? Small, yeah, it's a small Without study gynecological says. abnormalities and who reported recurrent and massive fluid emission during sexual stimulation sure. underwent provoked sexual arousal. That's a very... It's a weird... Very formal way of describing what happened, but yeah. good for them. It's great in the lab, though. The guy's like, this is why we went to school. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking great. 
Um, yeah. The problem is that women with massive fluid emissions certainly suffer from coital incontinence rather than enjoying flu- female ejaculation, though they may do both. Coital incontinence is the involuntary release of urine from the bladder, sometimes during penetration but often with orgasm and contraction of the pelvic floor muscles. Female ejaculation is emission of a semen-like fluid from the female prostate or skin gland. Right. There is female ejaculation and there is coital incontinence. They're two separate things. In case you're wondering, female ejaculation is a fact undisputed by rational researchers. Female ejaculation orgasm manifests as either a female ejaculation, FE, of a smaller quantity of white excretions from the female prostate, or a squirting of a larger amount of diluted and changed urine, coital incontinence. Both phenomena may occur simultaneously. The prevalence of FE is 10 to 54%. CI is divided into penetration and orgasmic forms. The prevalence of CI is 0.2 to 0.2 to 66%. What the fuck is that? It's quite a range. Well, it also seems like he's just saying the same thing. It, it well, does, we, right? We didn't finish, issue. I mean, the article does go on to say that uh, even though it comes from the bladder, it also includes prostatic-specific antigen, which is... Um, yeah, the, the quote, female prostate, as you're saying, the skein gland. The skein gland. So that there is some element of that. So according to this guy, is he saying that it... He, he does when, say... When, before it comes out, does it gather in the bladder first? He or does it, say that the the noticeable bladder filling and just... and. Uh, so even if it's not urine and it's all from the female, the the skein glands, where does it actually come out? Yeah, so it does demonstrate that the bladder has some involvement, and this is a previously unknown phenomenon, says Dr. Steve. So this study does have something to say does about Does he go by Dr. Steve... Uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Uh, Hernando Steve. Oh, his uh, last Steve. name's Steve. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't trust doctors that go by doctor than first name. If, yeah. you're, if you're not yeah. like a children's physician, fuck off. Yeah. I'm Dr. Jerry. I'm going to check out your scrotum. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> I think Dr. Jerry wouldn't call it a scrotum. More like a nutsack. <laughs> yeah. Let me just best. lock this van door and I'm going to look at your nutsack. <laughs> check out your balls. See this nutsack real quick. <laughs> Business card? No. But uh, get those balls out. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to spit on it, or do you want to use your spit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a doctor, so I always let the patient choose uh, <laughs> whose spit they want on their balls. I have the weird... I, so, <laughs> you guys know about my little uh, prostatitis thing. Yes, yes. yes so, I had to get a prostate exam, and this is at uh, Vanderbilt. A- after, like, much prodding on your part to get them to prod Much you. prodding for them to prod. Right, yeah, yeah. Finally, someone agreed to, sh- to prod. shove their hand up my ass. <laughs> Finally. And um, so, I'm, I'm there, and, you, you know, you lay on your side, and it's the first time I'd met this doctor, because um, it, it, it had been the, the nurse beforehand, like, just, yeah, get ready, and we'll you pull down your pants, lay on your side. Time. Yeah. And then the doctor comes in. And he's the most humorless person I've ever met um, because he, he gets ready and I go, um, I go, use your finger this time, will you? <laughs> and uh, which I think is a funny, funny. Pre- it's a crowd pleaser. Uh, it's a crowd pleaser. It's a funny pre prostate exam joke. And he goes, um, he goes, what? <laughs> and I said, oh, use your finger this time. Was what I, so I've already ruined the joke. Okay. I haven't to repeat it. Yeah, and, he go, yeah. and he goes, well, yeah, it's, a, it's called a digital exam. We use our finger. And I'm like, well, yeah, I was making the joke that. Uh, you wouldn't use your finger, and he's like, "Why wouldn't I use a finger for the?" And I was like, "Well, the joke was that you would use your your penis." Was you the didn't joke? Get that far. No, I, I'm serious. And he's like, oh and, he, and he's like, "Well, that's. I mean, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't you wouldn't be able to feel any change of the prostate that way, you know?" And I'm just like, "You're a fucking asshole. Just do it. Just do it. Fine." I hated it. I hated it. I like that he's the asshole in your story. <laughs> well, he kind of is. He's humorless. Like I've told you guys. I mean, we've. But- talked- <laughs> we've, t- we've talked about my going out to eat alone joke. 
when I asked for separate checks, <laughs> if you got to eat alone at the uh, end, go, yeah, uh, separate checks. It's hilarious. 90% hit rate. But the, the fucking 10% that doesn't get it, it's like a nightmare. The manager comes over. They're like, she explained that you want. <laughs> like, so you're crazy and I'm the manager. Right. Yeah. They're like, yeah, uh, Cheryl just came back and said you wanted. She's sh- crying. How do you, how do you she want to understand what you're saying to her? Um, she just gave her two weeks. So what's your deal? So you wanted separate because uh, we don't understand one for the drink and then one for the entree. Or did you want? You think you're with someone? What's happening here? That's not in our system. She's, she's yeah. like a work release system. program from prison. If she gets fired from this job, yeah. she goes back to jail. No, she's she's fired. I mean, we got rid of her. She's she's in a world of hurt. Some people are just. Fucking How do you humorless. want us to divvy these up? <laughs> That was per cheese stick. <laughs> Sir, don't ever come back here. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, my prostate joke is fucking bombed, and this guy sucks. Yeah, this guy sucks. <laughs> and now you're tighter than you ever would have been. Yeah. Right. Right. Actively oh, pussing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah, use your finger this time. It's a great little prostate exam joke. Yeah. Just fucking you should have just asked for separate checks, see what he yeah. did. It would have the same effect. <laughs> Uh, oh, I guess. Okay, so where did we leave things with female ejaculation? Did we have we decided what we think? Does it matter? What you urine think? is what it sounds well, like. It's a combo. It's a combo, and it looks like when there's large amounts, it probably comes from the bladder, but it isn't exactly urine. It I might not be urine from. the I'm bladder. I'm kind of seeing it as like the bladder fills up like the energy bar on a computer game, <laughs> <laughs> and then when it hits full, right, you can. Yeah. yeah, you get to press the turbo button yeah. and it's, hope that you remember to put a towel down. It's an ejaculate capacitor, yeah. sort of. That well, there is a thing. I mean, you after... can, if you're uh, from the male perspective, if just your penis head is stimulated enough, you can pee with an erection. You know, if we if ju- wait, say that again. I mean, uh, yes, you can I pee love with an erection, headed. clearly, but. No, but I'm saying sort of involuntarily. I assume oh, it would be a, a similar synapse, you know? Penny? What? Yeah. Wait, you're a penis squirter? <laughs> Dude <laughs> this, squirts from his dick. Dude squirts like, out of his dick. This sounds, this sounds anecdotal and personal and not universal and read in an article somewhere. This sounds... Uh... Well, you said the same thing about material, okay. bro. <laughs> so, oh, shit. Just uh, let me throw down the gauntlet. Um, you know. <laughs> Tell us your story. Come on. What I'm saying is, and this is something that... Dis- a water pick directly on the head of a penis theoretically <laughs> could create... In, in scientific studies, if you're, holding a re- if you're wearing a Davy Crockett hat and a gas mask, if you thump your dickhead enough, this is scientific. Uh, <laughs> no, if, if you just, just go to town on your dickhead, okay, okay. rubbing it with okay. your palm. Oh, ow. It hurts, but you'll piss... <laughs> oh, so that's the okay. good and the bad. Okay. <laughs> There's a lady in the tunnel. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying it does listen. hurt for a while, but then the payoff. <laughs> you Those poor the... lab rats. No, yeah. I know we have I mean, two... it's excruciating and in no way pleasurable, but at it's the not... end of it, you can do the thing that you do four times a day. But... It's not pleasurable. <laughs> Someone's going to write me in and back me. I heard it from some of friend. <laughs> but someone's going to write me in and back me up on this. It's totally true. It's but it's involuntary is my point. It's yes. involuntary aroused pissing due to stimulation. But wait, I was trying you, to, you are saying that if you rub your cockhead enough <laughs> that eventually piss will just shoot out of it. It it triggers muscle spasms that don't happen during sex or masturbation because it's not a natural thing. It's not like a I don't think squirters squirt every fucking time. 
Probably, probably <laughs> yeah. not. Probably Can not. Can you guys stop just bailing on no, me? I, I, I'm yes, not even trying to bail. Backing away from their mics. I, no, <laughs> listen. The first thing I'm going to do when I go home is rub my cock until I piss. <laughs> I want to be part of your team. Get a boner. I've got one. All right. Get a boner. Take your boner. Picture Take- you're flying. Okay. Yeah, all right. I'm in it's the plane. It's very uncomfortable, and it fucking sucks. And, you know, I was like 16, you know? But <laughs> it, it, you'll, you'll pee is, a, is my point. Okay. You'll pee a little. And it's... it's I love it. I don't think I don't think this is the end of this story. I think this is no. It's not the. I'm, I was no, trying. I mean, this to is the beginning saying, of like, life. I'm saying many more episodes are going to happen. We've opened the floodgates, as it were. Oh, oh hey, the, there, there we go. Any, right. any 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 bit penis listeners to our show, and I know we have one or two. Any Gallagher fans? Yeah. Yes. Anyone that sits in the front row at SeaWorld? Anybody? Right in. <laughs> Give it a go. Give it a go. Let us know what you found, and remember to mark your envelopes. Amplify. Amplify. <laughs> Amplify. No, dude, I'm fucking serious. It's 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 an involuntary... No, no, I... I well, it definitely seems weird, but I believe you. You can involuntarily <laughs> piss when you think you totally... Because I would assume that, that obviously females have similar mechanisms in their beeves... To, as to not pee, medically as speaking. to pee during sex, you can't. You're not supposed to. You get UTIs. There's all kinds of stuff. Your yeah. bladder is not, that's supposed to be totally closed. So what uh, I'm saying is, but the guys, in the case of guys, like we I have know it's different holes, dude. Yeah. I know it's different holes in girls. <laughs> don't you don't have to give me the different that's holes. That's a myth. All right, I know that. Like I learned that way too late because it was like a week ago when I learned that. But still. <laughs> I know it's different holes. What I'm saying is there's still mechanisms to keep that shit shut, and in squirting, it's not happening for some reason. Right. That can also happen to, apparently, my dick sometimes. There we go. That's what I'm saying. There we go. Scientifically. Scientifically speaking. So. Do you want want to hear about how HIV is becoming less deadly? Yes, I do. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. And on a more positive. Change the subject, but not really change the subject. (laughs) Um, HIV evolving to become less deadly and less infectious, according to a major scientific study. This team at the University of Oxford shows that the virus is becoming watered down as it adapts to our immune systems. This is interesting. It seems, it seems like, yeah, opposite response should be yeah. happening. Well, there's an interesting mechanism behind it. So it, in this BBC article, it says it said it was taking longer for HIV infection to cause AIDS and that the changes in the virus may help efforts to contain the pandemic. Some virologists suggest the virus may eventually become almost harmless as it continues to evolve. More than 35 million people around the world are infected with HIV, and inside their bodies, a devastating battle takes place between the immune system and the virus. HIV is a master of disguise. It rapidly and effortlessly mutates to evade and adapt to the immune system. However, every so often, HIV infects someone with a particularly effective immune system. Then, uh, the virus is trapped between a rock and a hard place. It can get flattened or make a change to survive, and if it has to change, then it will come with a cost. This is Professor Philip Golder from the University of Oxford. The cost is a reduced ability to replicate, which in mm. turn makes the virus less infectious and means it takes longer to cause AIDS. This weakened virus is then spread to other people and a slow cycle of watering down HIV happens. Mm. The team show this process happening in Africa, so in Africa by comparing Botswana, which has had an HIV problem for a long time, and South Africa, where HIV arrived a decade later. Um, it's quite striking, said Professor Golder. The ability to replicate is 10% lower in Botswana wow. than South Africa. And that's quite exciting. So I guess, basically, the more infectious it is, the mm-hmm. more it kind of has to reveal... The virus has to reveal itself. And when it reveals itself, it becomes subject to your, people who can... Your right. are resistant to it. And yeah, watering system. down. So it's, in its, it's, so it's sort of evolutionarily in its interests to hide more but hiding means it's a weaker form of the virus 
the more it hides, the better it's the virus survives. But the better it survives, the less dangerous it becomes. Hmm. Okay. So it's it's basically Feels. HIV is basically like rock and roll. It's what yeah. happened. Like yeah. it gets very popular and then it just fizzles. yeah. The less underground it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's exactly it gets, it gets it very bo- HIV is very boring now. So this was published in the proceedings. It's of sold the out. Yeah. yeah. Fucking AIDS. <laughs> so this current AIDS is, I mean, to put it in Steely Dan terms, is like two against nature. It's not like Asia or Pretzelogic. Like this is like. It's AIDS in name only. Like this, yes, Becker and Fagan are still this involved. This AIDS is like in car commercials. Okay, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, I, I maybe it, that triggers something in my dad. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? It's but just I'm, not I'm the just same not magic. even. Like so. Walter Becker is actually taking solos now instead of bringing in like yeah, you know the session even, greats like your yeah. Jeff Skunk Baxter's Larry Carlton's like what, I miss what? like the MC5 Frank Zappa AIDS okay you know what I'm saying Harry fucking AIDS <laughs> yeah you know 68 Democratic Convention AIDS <laughs> was that the one where Bobby Kennedy was killed yeah AIDS <laughs> AIDS yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy AIDS. <laughs> that's nuts so also yep. antiretroviral drugs were forcing HIV to evolve into milder forms. It, sh- uh, it showed the drugs would primarily target the nastiest versions of HIV and encourage the milder ones to thrive. 20 years ago, said Professor Golder again, the time to AIDS was 10 years, but in the last 10 years in Botswana, that might have increased to 12.5 years. A sort of incremental change, but in the big picture, that is a rapid change. It is. One might imagine as time extends, this could stretch further and further, and in the future, people becoming asymptomatic for decades. Wow. That'd be um, a great thing. Yeah. It did say that even a watered-down version of HIV was still dangerous and could cause AIDS. Nah, that sounds adorable more than anything to me <laughs> at this point. Of course no, it's... No, I, I don't think you want it. Nah, yeah, I, don't I think, think I want it. I don't no, think I, you could convince someone to, like, not use a condom because you're watered down. Yeah. It's if watered you, down. If you well, now it. I have AIDS, but it's kind of... Like, it's not hiding as well as it... Do you know what? Take your pants off. <laughs> if you have this thing, what do you call it when you're telling your friends you have it? AIDS light or AIDS zero? Ooh. Mm, Diet call. AIDS is Diet also out AIDS, there. Yeah. I can't believe it's AIDS. Okay. Yeah, I can't believe. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it's not HIV. Um, hmm. Professor Jonathan Bell. AIDS zero. AIDS zero. Yeah. 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 I, HIV originally came from apes or monkeys, in which it's frequently a minor infection. I, I knew it came from monkeys or apes. I didn't know it was minor. I yeah. Didn't know, like, I? I didn't know primates just shrug it off. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, you got a bit of AIDS. Let's climb. Well, um, yeah, I mean, we share the those. Uh, I thought we shared well, more of the even, immune system. Yeah, they wouldn't even that. have AIDS. They just have like, was it SIV? Um, Simeon. Yeah, that makes sense. Sim- yeah. What what's feline AIDS? That's a thing. FIV probably. I hear, but it's a thing I hear about. Yeah, that's another thing. It is a thing. Does it kill them? Does it? I don't know. It's the it's what it is. I think the thing that I'm gonna give to that straight cat who's sitting on our outside couch if I Why wake up one more morning. Why do you hate the straight morning, cats? Wait, how we, are you going to give it AIDS? I don't know. You're going to have to have fuck a, that cat. I guess so. You hate these straight By cats. By any means necessary. We have, needles. Now if that, you get within 100 yards, okay, then they run away. The downside of Gus's passing, aside from the sadness of his passing, is now there's no incentive for straight cats to stay out of our yard. Which, by the way, we haven't mentioned on the show. We uh, Over the holidays. No, we did last, last week. No, we forgot to, I think. About Gus? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, didn't, Gus, didn't Gus we passed. Pour one out for him last, no, last episode. And now oh, we're maybe we did. I think we. Well, I'm, it, it was sad, but it was it. his time. He was very. He was very arthritic towards the end. He was very old and, and very ill, yeah. and um, so, uh, he's in a better. He's, he's in a better place because it's not this house. Yes. He's in a fucking. Now he can interrupt podcasts in heaven. No. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Unplug. Sound off. Yes. No, Gus, we'll miss you very much. Um, um, now we have, but less rats now because these cats, huh? 
I don't know. What about that? Because it is a weird circle of life. When we had a cat and a dog, we had fewer rats. The cat died. Rats started to go out of control. Then we got an exterminator. We had rats here for a while. Okay. And, and they'll be back. Rats That's the thing. We already know room. every spring. It's like we just gear up for the fight. In my room, rats. Jesus. Like I saw. In your room, rats? Oh, yeah. Oh, I there's saw rats one run room everywhere. from under my bed into that closet one, nice. one night I came in. So, um, yeah. feline AIDS, kind of. it does seem kind of similar to um, human HIV in that it, uh, as long as you can, nowadays, you can sort of keep it under control, and a vigilant pet owner who treats secondary infections can assist an infected cat to lead a reasonably long life. Okay. Apparently, also affect, doesn't just affect ha- domestic cats, African lions, for example. God, Africa gets fucked by yeah. it. <laughs> like, yeah. But um, African lions, endemic uh, FIV. Um, okay. Similar stages to HIV in humans. The initial stage is accompanied by mild symptoms such as lethar- lethargy. Um, initial stage is fairly s- short, followed by an asymptomatic stage with no noticeable symptoms. Um, and then it develops into feline AIDS, hmm. where the cat is extremely susceptible to secondary diseases, which inevitably are the cause of death. Did you, did you guys know? I didn't realize this. I didn't realize that homosexual men could not donate blood until like last month. Well, I'm oh. not sure in America. In America. They, I didn't know that was still on the fucking not books. Only, not only did they only just change the law, but they've still changed it in a bullshit way. Really? Like they have to sign a thing saying that I think they basically have to have been celibate for a year. See, like I had no idea. Utter, I had no idea that was even a fucking thing, or I would have been amazing. infuriated for yeah. years about it. Yeah. Like, like just because I, it implies that they don't test every blood sim- every blood donation they get, which they should be doing anyway. Yeah, they shouldn't be taking totally. anybody's word but, for but it. But also, so. um, yeah, it implies I mean, there, all kinds there is of bullshit. A window when there is a window when someone's infected where the test isn't flawless, but even right. still, it also it assumes any gay man is of equal risk, like. A gay man who's been in a monogamous relationship for 30 years is not allowed to donate. Right. Yeah, is better blood than a promiscuous man. Right. Yeah, who's straight. Well, I do know this. The run-of-the-mill test, uh, like a run-of-the-mill, let's say, STD test, blood test, right? Um, things like HIV, even even like herpes simplex, stuff like that won't show up for like six months. But there are tests where it will show up right away. They're very, very expensive. Yeah, there's the DNA test now. But, but I know that... Um, no, it's the same deal. It's Is just, it? Yeah, but, oh, but I... it's, it's still a blood test, but very, very expensive to do it. But I know that if you... And I know this because of uh, uh, nose ring uh, lunch porn date. Because I was like, what happens? Because they get tested all the time. But I was like, but then it still if takes like six enough months. there time, how would you know until it's And she's late? like, well, yeah. there is enough time because they do it they use those tests that are like immediate, but it's very, very expensive. But so many of them do it. They all use one company that the price just comes down like, oh, you know what I mean? So then it's the same price as a normal test. So why aren't like the blood banks just doing that? Why isn't all the blood samples I'm, I'm getting? I'm fairly sure they would be. But yeah, it's. But why is that those tests not readily available as well in general? The immediate? Yeah. Right. Um, Let's get on that. But uh, fix it. So Professor Jonathan Ball, a virologist at the University of Nottingham, told the BBC, if the trend continues, then we might see global picture change, a longer disease causing much less transmission. Um, in theory, if we, were let, if we were to let HIV run its course, then we would see a human population emerge that was more resistant to the virus than we collectively are today. HIV would eventually become almost harmless. Such events have probably happened throughout history, but we're talking very large timescales. Sure. Uh, and Professor Andrew Friedman, who is at Cardiff University, said... 
by comparing the epidemic in Botswana with that which occurred somewhat later in South Africa, the researchers were able to demonstrate the effects of this evolution is for the virus to become less virulent or weaker over time. We kind of already knew that. It's just a summary. The widespread use of antiretroviral therapy may also have similar effects, and together these effects may contribute to the ultimate control of the HIV epidemic. But he cautioned HIV was an awful long way from becoming harmless, and other events will supersede that, including wider access to treatment and eventually the development of a cure. Mm-hmm. So he thinks it's going to get cured before it evolves into harmlessness. So should I get a refund on my flight down to Haiti for that? Uh, for the AIDS drinkathon? Swingers <laughs> convention. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Drink that AIDS, everybody. <laughs> chug, chug, chug. <laughs> so the Japanese always win. Like the tiny Japanese people always beat like the it's massive. Just, see yeah. like the big trucker and you think they're going to be able to down the AIDS quicker. But the tiny Japanese got a lowered belly. The Japanese has a lowered yeah. belly. Well, they've yeah. been training all year. I mean, yeah. That's the thing is, is in Japan, they have those, those all you can AIDS bars. That's right. Absolutely <laughs> true. Very true. They have inventing machines there. They're so far ahead of us. Yeah. That, well, they have the, the conveyor belt aid places yeah. where you just go. And you always get screwed on those ones. Conveyor yeah. belt sushi, by the way, always end up paying more than you would if you'd just gone to somewhere and got the stuff you wanted from a menu. Really? It's bullshit. Yeah. I like one way less. And like it's color coded by the plate color yeah, and you, and you forget which color is which. You just, oh, you good. Get a $4 plate and then you're like, right, oh, I, yeah. now I could have just gone to a nice restaurant and had food that I liked. Yeah. No, I, stuff I see. Stuff circling for half <laughs> an hour. That's I, quite a novelty. I love conveyor belt sushi places. I somehow always get out of there cheaper. But I will tell you, you have to make sure you have to go in, you have to figure out which way the conveyor belt's going, and then you have to get either on the left or the right of the table of fat people, because it's a fucking nightmare if you're like downwind of the fat people, if you're down belt <laughs> of the fucking fat table. I thought you were going to say position yourself near to the chef so yeah. you'd have the fresher food. <laughs> well, that too. You could do that, but that's always taken. That's where the fat up, people up, Upstream, are. basically, however you want to call it. You, you want to be upstream. You want to be upstream of the fat table, yeah, okay. because those fucking fat table families... I mean, it's just, they just ruin everything. It's they mayhem. just open their mouths and put their face on Is it on because of how they've taken all the good stuff where they've like uh, pawed at the things and all left of it, it up there? All of it. They'll take stuff and lift up the saran wrap and then put it back and it's... But hang on a second. I think this is fat shaming last... right now. I think we are fat shaming. Are we fat shaming? No. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, but hang on. The last restaurant I went to that had that, there was a, like a double direction conveyor belt. Well, fancier than the one I go to. So one was coming one way, one was coming the other. So you nah, could... I go monorail. I well, go the monorail fat people sushi, won't bro. go in there. They're like, oh, let's get out of here. They've read our book. Get out of here. Yeah. I know. I go monorail sushi for sure. Every time. What, what about they could eat, develop eat. some sort of like um, magnetic levitation, you know, a like, maglev like a zero friction uh, sushi conveyance system. Or oh, one of those places where, you know, you order the food you want and you eat it. Or that. What are those? Or that. There's a was that, there's the one right next to the UCB. I can't remember the name of it. It's called something like Sushi Stop, and it's disturbingly cheap. Like to the point that you're like, I I don't think fish should. But it's be. all right. Like yeah. the food's all right, but then the service is some like abysmal. Oh mm. yeah, that's how those places always are. But, then you, sort of, is but then you sort of go like, it's oh like, okay, well that makes sense because everything's so cheap that twenty percent of not very much means that they're getting no real tips, so they have no incentive to be. Or there's a place in Portland that has huge sushi portions, and it's always a huge line to get in, um, and it's just like so unpleasant to be in there as far as like the atmosphere. It's the super bright lighting, and you realize it's all just to turn it over quickly because they can get the line's always big, so they just want you to get out of there as soon as you eat and not like hang out. They're shouting at you. Oh yeah, yeah. they don't care. Like, everyone's like, I just want this huge sli- you like look a chicken done. breast slice <laughs> size piece like of just snigiri. looming over you. Oh, how's that uh, finishing up that plate going? Feels yeah. like it's check time. <laughs> you want separate checks, sir? 
I see what you did. <laughs> I see what you did. I love it. Just William Tell Overture playing constantly. <laughs> the only music on Benny Hill music. <laughs> just any, any other. Like, it's, it's full just, strobe lights. That's the lighting. Leave, 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 leave. Here you go. Fuck you. It's a Japanese word. It sounds like one of your English words, but it means a different thing. In our fuck you. Sounds like he's singing, fuck you, get out of here. Fuck you. It means it's a very complimentary. Okay. Respect. It's very clear. Fuck you, leave. Oh, man. It's good that we got out of that offensive period from about a couple of minutes ago. Yes. Hey, here we, here we, now we're safe. Hey guys, here now we, we're on safe ground. No, here we here we go. I'm about to be real offensive, and I'll stand on a branch alone on this. Okay. Sure. Um, Are you pro Margaret Cho's thing from the Golden Globes? I hadn't heard about it. You pro Cho? Oh, pro Cho? I didn't watch the. Uh, I did not watch the Globes. She was racist. She dressed up as an Asian person. It was disgusting. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah. Um, no, I was. Uh, I was on my way back. I was in Arizona, and I stopped at a uh, one of those um, uh, Native American Indian art shacks. Okay, you know. Um, and Andy, you, I mean, you've heard my thoughts on Indian art. Um, I won't get into it it's a good on the bit. podcast. Yes. Um, but uh, <laughs> I have very, very to listen. Uh, come see me do stand up. Yeah, I have very fervent worth. thoughts on Indian art. But I was. Um, I was there and it was a sculpture, like a, uh, there are all these sculptures. And I asked the guy, I was like, oh, this is great, you know? And he goes, that is the bear. The bear represents medicine. And I was like, oh, cool, you know? And again, try, I'm like trying not to laugh already because it's so fucking ridiculous. And then next to the bear was an eagle. And I go, how about this? And I swear to fucking God, this one I realized, this guy is so full of shit. He goes, he goes that is the eagle. The eagle represents the bear. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got like usual suspecting it and realize this medicine just behind you. <laughs> he's just reading out the things he can see. Yeah, yeah. Oh the medicine God. represents the eagle. Like, <laughs> I feel like everything could just represent itself here. Um, but it was the buffalo represents the door. <laughs> no, but it was one of those things where it was like uh, the belt buckle. It was the whole thing was designed for dumb whitey tourists. So that's what reminded me of it, of like, if if you wind up in a place where they are just telling you, he was basically just saying, fuck you. You're white. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, he was, he was just saying, fuck you to me. I remember when we were, <laughs> I went to America with my family about 12 years ago. We went on this trip to like, we went to the Grand Canyon, but part of that was we went to like a real working ranch. Oh, yeah. And that's in like the loot, like... You know, like, they were just cowboying up a second before we arrived. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And just like, oh, shit, turn off the PlayStation, they're coming. Uh, and we were eating, and like, there was one point, we got, like, a cowboy meal of, like, chicken and <laughs> potato and... Cowboy uh, potatoes. Yeah, cowboy potatoes. And my <laughs> mum at one point just went, like, this coleslaw's delicious, what's in it? And the woman just went, sugar. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the secret of cowboy coleslaw. If you she was killed it. later that night. They're like, Sharon, <laughs> you talk a little much. <laughs> They do that in uh, it's made of lassos, like yeah, yeah. But the 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 like colonial places, colonial dress up fun towns. Oh yeah, where you go watch the people churn Churning butter. butter and whatnot, um, yeah. They'll, I mean, they'll like put people in stockades and stuff, but they're like employees that have been seen on their phones or something. And it's like that's what you get. It's like half an hour in the fucking stockade yeah. as an employee. <laughs> you know, like it. It's like is an actual prison for them. <laughs> They, they, are you, they got are you caught, kind like, of serious right now? I'm being 100% serious. It seems like it could be a thing. Yeah, yeah. No, like like Colonial Williamsburg. 
like if you for crimes of in, in Virginia, yeah, you if, you, if you sentenced. if yeah, if if a school bus accidentally sees you like on your cell phone smoking a cigarette, <laughs> and and one of the teachers tells your fucking boss. Uh, they, they Isn't put that you against in the, oh, some someone's kind of going to have committed a crime this week. <laughs> Dude, it's got to uh, be OSHA regulations. OSHA was not around then, bro. <laughs> <laughs> There's child labor. It's mayhem. Yeah. Um, uh, we should probably where, things. Yeah, Gareth, where are you soon? What's going on? Where are you doing shows? How do we find you? Uh, I don't have any shows coming up. I uh, am on Twitter at Reynolds Gareth, and you can listen to the Dollop and another podcast I do called Point versus Point. Cool. Yep. Excellent. That's all I got, guys. All right, man. Do that, though. Well, we are going to do it. Jesse, what have you got coming up? What is today? Uh, You want to come see me at that Riot LA comedy festival? You should come down there. Get yourself a wristband. Come laugh at some yucks. Nice. Um, Andy? Uh, I'm going to be in New York this weekend, and I'm either going to be doing Night Train. Great show. uh, Wyatt Senek's show at Littlefield on Monday the um, 19th, or I'm going to be... Opening for Todd Glass from the 20th through the 24th at the Improv in Vegas. I'll know that later on tonight, and I guess I'll clarify in next week's episode which of those two things is happening. Sure. So, sure. Uh, Mr. Kirshen? I've got a few LA gigs coming up, including headlining Flappers the weekend after next in Burbank. Probably the best purpose-built Burbank comedy club in Burbank. Um, and you can then, smoke across the street. Yeah, back in North Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, it's a normal walk. <laughs> it's totally normal. Totally. Uh, San Francisco Sketch Fest. Any San Francisco or Bay Area or anywhere near there? I'm going to be there on the seventh and eighth of February, and then the very next day, I'm going to be on with Gareth uh, and oh, Will right. Anderson and Se- and Daniel Sloss and I think some other cool people. Yeah, uh, Will Anderson's um, Tofop. 200th anniversary show they're doing that at Meltdown yeah great lineup oh, and then awesome. Toledo, Ohio on Valentine's weekend and then at some point in April I'm going to be in Alaska they're the fun ones that are coming that Chinooks Chinook Charlie Chilcut Charlie yeah Chilcut Charlie cool? yeah so there uh, that's where I'm going to be and then uh, um, fans of the show listeners to the show thank you so much as always uh, like we said before you can email us probablyscience at gmail.com you can tweet us at probablyscience you can send us stories to cover. You can uh, send us corrections, clarifications, any comments. We like hearing from you. You can donate at probablyscience.com. Also, we put up all the links to the stories we cover on that website. What if I just want to buy some shit on Amazon, though? You can also find the link there. And please wow. do. If you're buying anything on Amazon, use that link. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Rate us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes if you're not already subscribed. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you once more, Gareth Reynolds. And thank you for having thank me. Thank you. And we will see you next week. Bye.